once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the C-Squared podcast with Corey and Curtis. We are here with Ian from Sleeping Village. Uh, We're really excited to have him here today because he's got a lot of different aspects of his career. He works in reviewing. He works for he's got a label going on. So there's a lot of different topics we're going to be touching on today. But first, I just want to say thank you for being here with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to be back on the uh, kind of reinvented version. I appreciate it. The, the the renewed, the rebuilt, the redone. From the, from the ground up. From the ground up, that's right. <laughs> Corey's better. Yeah, so for we have a lot of, so since we are the rebuilt, renewed, renamed, from the ground up version, we do have a lot of new listeners who probably have, who may not know who you are, who haven't heard of you, uh, who don't know what you do. So in like a nutshell, what is the, I guess, the short version of what what you do? Let everybody know. Yeah, um, there is no master plan. There's no overall kind of idea of what I do necessarily. I started out reviewing on Instagram in 2018, and it's just kind of continued from there, going from like really short reviews on Instagram to really long reviews on my site. And since then, we brought in a ton of writers. We do track premieres. We do uh, release day roundups. I've got a label. Um, and I also do writing services for bands. That's kind of the the long and the short of it. Well, now, and I want to point out something too, though, is that you also have been doing this for what now, three, four years? Yeah, somewhere in there. Cool. And you started off, if, if, unless my memory is uh, failing me, as an Instagram uh, blog <laughs> prior to the blog blog, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just a hobby I didn't want to be invested in any way shape or form so I was just throwing stuff up on Instagram and then I think once I hit like a thousand followers or something I was like it's worth the hundred bucks to start a site and actually start uh getting more into the actual reviewing aspect longer reviews having other people write reviews track premieres that kind of stuff yeah. Now, one thing I noticed too, though, is even when you were doing the Instagram reviews, you were still pretty damn detailed. Like, is it just me, or did Instagram we lose Curtis? More blog-oriented stuff, or it just came naturally? Oh, am I? Am I? Am I gone? You're back. You're back. You're back now. You were gone, but now you're back. Okay, now I'm back. Okay, that's weird. Okay, so hopefully, hopefully that wasn't too long. Uh, did you get my last question, Ian, or no? Uh, yeah, so when I was starting on Instagram, those reviews actually took just as long as my current review- reviews take to write, even though they're like 500 words shorter, just because yeah. I would have to trim something down, make sure I was using exactly the same words. And then it was always a struggle because I get to the end and then I wouldn't have room for hashtags or I wouldn't have room character count to tag the bands or something. But yeah, the goal has always been super descriptive, give like a, a really good take, a, a personal take on why I, I like something instead of just saying it's it's a good band because they have good riffs. I, I want to give lots of detail. Mm-hmm. So now 
I want to go into pitching next. So actually, I had a follow up oh, on that one. Fine. So, oh, I have a follow. You do this to me all the time. Now it's okay. my turn with my follow ups. Fine. I'm going southern on you here. Fine. <laughs> um, no, so I just started in writing reviews, and I know we have specific guidelines where I work. Um, but what do you think is a good length for a review before you start to lose people? Because uh, for us, it's you know like five to 700 words for our reviews is, is like where we try to keep it anything below a thousand. Cause if you start to get over a thousand, we start to lose people, but what about your experience with it? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think it really depends on the specific release. Um, <laughs> I think some releases just lend themselves to a longer um, review. We've only gone over a thousand words, like maybe three or four times. And it's usually for like a really well-known album where we can get into the history, we can get into the past uh, records. Mm -hmm. I'd say I'm personally landing around seven or 800 words in order to give like a really solid narrative, give a, a good intro and conclusion that kind of introduces the music in terms of something other than what you might just find in the press kit, my experience with it or how it relates to the genre at large. And then that seems to be a good length. Honestly, some people seem totally happy just to read the little blurb we put on Instagram, just the excerpt, and that's their exposure to the review and they're fine with it. But then again, we have some people that write like a 300 word review just because that's, maybe it was an EP or something like that. And that's mm -hmm. just all the well. We, we don't have a formula, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I guess we also have the short, we have two categories that people tend to land in and the EPs do usually get about three to 500. And then the other ones, it's like five to 800 is about the, uh -huh. the, the range. So I was just curious what you're, and it sounds like you have the same or similar. As a reader, as a reader just as a comment, I, I think some sites do too long and some do mm -hmm. too. Um, I think there's always like a happy medium that you can get. Uh, but sometimes some releases don't really need a long review, you know what I mean? And, but some sites will do like a long review anyway. And I think it can get a bit overkill at times with sort of some of those sites because I've seen ones where it's been like three, four page long reviews. And it's like, I don't need this. You know what I mean? I, lose I saw one the other day that was like 1500 words. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm not even going to read. I'm not going to read all yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, a lot of times it, it gets too personal with the writer and stuff like that. But um, Ian's reviews are usually, I think, about the right length. Mm -hmm. They're not too long. They're not too short. But they're in-depth at the same time, which I really like. Um, with Metal Injection, though, I was just, just as a comment before we get into pitching, as my own thought, I think with them, they have to have a shorter, a shorter thing because they got all the ads and stuff. So they got all these things keeping people like, you know, the attention kind of wanders and stuff like yeah. that. So I think that might be the, why a lot of the injection stuff is shorter. I don't know. I'm just saying. Our full reviews, like our full album reviews tend to be longer than, you know, yeah. track True. premiere or anything like that. But most yeah. of our full album reviews are between three to 500 if it's like a smaller band or a smaller release. And then, yeah. you know, five to 800 for a longer all the ones that I've written have fallen into the five to eight hundred cal category. Well, you're one. You're one of their best people, so that. that <laughs> is I don't know about that. Greg yeah. kicks my ass on that. So. <laughs> Corinne's, Corinne's the first, the, either the second best or the best, just for the record. So pitching. <laughs>
so I want to talk about pitching a little bit because I pitch both you guys, um, obviously, uh, here and there. People pitch you. Uh, so, Ian, we're going to start with you. Um, what do you think is the right way to pitch a journalist? Uh, let's start with you first. Yeah, I, I think the longer I've done this, the more I've kind of divided my answer into two parts here. I think there's there's definitely the professional aspect where you need to be emailing. You should contact via email, not via social media, if at all possible. You should. Uh, uh, you should. <laughs> you man, the, video, the video throws me off here. Uh, you should be emailing uh, over any kind of social media contact. You should be professional. It should be the. Uh, the the general good subject line the salutation you should have all the info in your email should be a little bit of a bio you need to put the music and the artwork that said you can send the perfect pitch email to me and maybe i've just had a busy day maybe i just have a lot on my plate maybe i'm not really feeling that particular genre so i think when you're pitching you need to understand that the person you're pitching to is an amateur doing this yeah. as a side gig so even yeah. if you send the perfect pitch it kind of comes down to luck to a certain extent uh in terms of catching someone at the right time to mitigate that just know who you're pitching to if i'm pitching to someone i want to make sure i know them on social media i've talked to them about music before maybe we had some prior communication and that kind of opens doors that would otherwise be closed just because i have 900 emails in my inbox that I don't want to look at. Am I because I pitch you on social media? What? Am I in trouble because I pitch you on social media? No, because we have a prior standing Fair. relationship, which, cool. uh, and honestly, it's a good thing you do because I have so many emails that I probably want to see your email in time anyways. So yeah. There's always a balance. There's no hard, hard and fast rules, I suppose. Just making sure, because everybody always says this, and I'm slowly sinking down as they say this, because I hit people up through their DMs, right? So, but it's always for people that don't know us. You know no, us. Oh, but I feel so. so I'm sitting there going, "Yeah, I do this." <laughs> That's always the caveat, though, is if you don't know the person personally, yeah. then don't pitch them on social media. But right. I actually had something cool happen the other day where a band, they, they pitched me on social media and then like 20 minutes later, finished listening to one of our podcasts where I said, don't pinch me on social media. And they were like, I am so sorry. I will never do this again. And That's I'm like, what... you just got yourself some coverage because you recognized your mistake and learned from it. That is awesome. That's a good mm -hmm. win. Um, okay. Yeah. Because I mean, like with me, a lot of times, like a lot of times since I know you guys, I'll just be like, Hey, I got this band. Can you do this? And you guys will be like, yeah, I can check it. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but don't do that if you don't know Ian. Don't know, do that if you don't know Curran because they don't know who you are. For me, they'll cut me a break sometimes unless they're grumpy and then they might not want to do that. Unless but, I haven't had coffee or eaten. <laughs> yeah, or I, or I hit Ian up when he's probably at his day job and he's in the middle of something and he's going to be like, fuck off, Curtis. Um, you hit me up at my day job all the time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know, but you're my co-host. Co like, I'm allowed to do that now. Um, so back to what we were saying about pitching. So don't DM, uh, use a professional email. So how long should they wait to follow you up if they don't hear a response? Cause your email, you, cause your inbox is just a mess or something this week. I would say 
it's really tough, honestly. I would say a week is a pretty good <laughs> amount of time, um, just because on a, a like on a personal level, that's the amount of time that like I'll be able to cycle through everything and make sure I make sure I don't miss something. But also, it's just a decent amount of time. If you're if a day later you're like, hey, why haven't I gotten a response? That indicates to me that the band doesn't have a whole lot of respect for my time, um, which is ultimately kind of a game changer in terms of the way I view them as a as a band reaching out for a review. Um, but then like three months later, I'm going to have no clue that you emailed me at all. So it's, um, yeah, I'd say a week, give it a week and see. Um, and sometimes you're just not going to get a response. And that's because you are one fish in a massive ocean of other fishes. I agree. So Corinne, and this brings up a, a important topic that we really haven't touched on at all, and that's lead time. So making sure that you're giving enough lead time with your pitches that can allow for one or two follow-ups, you know, once a week, every, for a couple of weeks. Don't don't pitch somebody two days before your track drops because chances are, unless we know you, we're gonna miss it. So make sure you have enough lead time on your pitches. Because otherwise, you're going to miss out on the ability to follow up. Your email is probably going to get lost, and it's going to be too late. And I've never done this to either one of you guys ever in my life. Never. Not once. No. Never. <laughs> not, not once. I have a never. track coming out in six hours. No, don't, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> I've done, I, that. I think I've done that to Ian before. I think I've done that to Greg. You Taylor. haven't done that to me, actually. Well, I'm nice to you right now. We, I, I Just give me a month. Sort of. um, but... Okay, for lead time, how much time do you would you say would be good for you, Ian, as a general rule for like a track premiere, for example? Track premieres, I like two or three weeks if possible. Um, I find it really easy to write track premieres. It takes me a little bit less time than a review because obviously you don't have as much to listen to. Yep. But the formatting is always a concern and there's inevitably an issue with the embed and all that. So I like there to be a lot of time uh, just to kind of deal with anything that might come up. Um, a couple of weeks is great for a review that or, or you've got a release coming out. At least a month is ideal just so I can listen to it enough times. But uh, that's a separate issue, I suppose. Well, okay, so, but you do sometimes do quicker reviews. Like, I think it was two weeks ago you were at, you were saying to bands if you got something coming out this week. Yeah, uh, that, that's a good point, actually. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, for my Friday release roundup, I, at the beginning of the week, I'll often say, if you've got something, email me. And that's just yep. because it takes me 10 minutes to write those. I If it hits Fair. my inbox, I jump right on it. Um and that's, that's what I've kind of done in the past year to speed up and uh, kind of maximize the amount that I can actually write about. Fair. Okay. So there is, there is a fast track if need be. Uh, so Corinne, what else do you want to go over for lead time? I mean, I'm on the same page as you around two weeks, I think is a good amount of time. I got one pitch that was, I think two months in advance and that actually ends up, it's happened a couple of times. And I think it happened to you once Curtis, where it got lost in our drafts, It did. where we end up, we just end up with so much stuff planned out that it got, it got buried. And then it's like, Oh, where's my premiere? Oh, yeah. well crap. Now I got to go dig for it and find it just, you know, two weeks, maybe four, if you're wanting a full review, but I, yeah, two weeks is pretty good for me anyway. 
from a PR end, it's hard because yeah, I know what you're saying about that with the with the that too much lead time. But then reversely, sometimes if you wait too long, like two weeks, then you it depends got- on the uh, outlet and who you like. Yeah. I have the luxury of so Greg handles all the big stuff, yeah. and I have the luxury of being able to take on the shorter turnaround times or. Yeah you know, things like that. So it also, it depends on the outlet. Cause I know that there's some that they're booked out till June yep. on writing That's- things. So, mm-hmm. so this is also why it's good to hire a PR professional who knows all this stuff. <laughs> who also, but I also want to point out, like I said, it depends. Cause sometimes you, if you go too far, if you go far ahead and you think you've got your, you've got everything under control, it can get buried. Like you said, mm-hmm. or if you, if you don't, if you uh, ask too late, like even with three weeks, sometimes that can be too late too. So it, there, mm-hmm. there's, um, what else do we want to cover with pitching with Ian, Corinne? Um, I'm good on my end. Is there okay. anything you want to, either of you want to ask me? Um, Ian, you got anything you want to ask uh, Corinne since you're a record label owner? You might, you might have a question. Um, I guess uh, the one thing I kind of wanted to touch on a little bit more is the kind of contacting over social media aspect. Like, sure. To what, to what extent would you be comfortable with people following up if, say, they've emailed previously, they've done everything correctly? Is there ever, like, an option to follow up on social media, or do you prefer follow-up just over email? I prefer follow-up over email just because it's easier for me to keep track. Um, I don't really like having a whole bunch of people I don't know try to message me, and there's a reason for this. They all get filtered, and I don't always check my requests folder And I don't always get notifications when I have things in my request folder, especially if we have no shared contacts, those get like ultra filtered and I don't even get a notification because they get marked as potential spam. So that's why I really, it's not necessarily like I'm creeped out. I mean, that happens sometimes or I'm offended. It's that it gets filtered and I I don't ever see it. Um, And then at the same time, if you followed up like four times via email, and then you hit me up on Twitter or something. It's like, I, that's one of those times where it's no answer was an answer because yeah. like you, I end up with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails in my inbox. And then just to have somebody, it's like, they don't respect, respect my time. Cause I'm, I don't do this full time. I do a lot of this for, I do a lot of my work for free and it's, it's just something I do because I enjoy it. And then they're trying to hit me up while I'm at my day job. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, same boat. And you do mm-hmm. bully you too, Corinne. That's the other thing. Yeah, you do. You you do bully me into doing more stuff than I ever actually planned on doing. But here I am, and I'm running with it like a child right. with scissors, recklessly and with abandon. That's right. So, uh, moving right along from the pitch fest, because I, I think I think I think the we've pitch, got a lot on pitching, pitching and bitching. <laughs> pitching and bitching. Yeah. Um, Okay, so Ian, we're going to talk about bios, and we're going to talk to Corey about bios too. But I want to, since you now uh, offer a service, you have uh, Sleeping Village Writing. I think it's called. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's okay. what it's called for the time being. Yeah, okay. we'll see. Sleeping Village Writing uh, is a service that Ian does. He just started it. Uh, he has very reasonable prices, I must say, um, and he does bios. So I want to find out from you what you personally feel makes a good bio. Sure. And for any bands that are curious, I literally just have a PDF with all this written out. So get in touch and I'll send it to you. Uh, My ideal bio is three paragraphs. 
paragraph one is your hook. It's about you. It's your brand. It's your band. It's your identity. It's what you sound like and how you're differentiated from other bands. Um, yep. It's a good section for, for fans of where you're from. The one thing I see a lot of bands do incorrectly in this section is give me six paragraphs about how they used to have this guy who's a drummer, mm -hmm. but then he left and like, no, no one cares. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not even invested in your current lineup. I'm certainly not invested in your <laughs> previous members. So yep. the, the first paragraph should just be who you currently are, what you sound like, and what makes you different than other bands that sound like you. Um, cool. Ideal. Second paragraph, what people have said about you. And of course, if you're a new band, this is your first EP. You don't really have a great option there so much as talking about what you are striving to do, kind of your mission statement. But if you've mm -hmm. had a few reviews here and there, you can just pull quotes. You can say people uh, said this about the first EP or people have said this about the live show. Uh, giving a little bit of social proof um, to why, why other people have enjoyed the music. And then the last paragraph is about the current release that you're pitching. This brand new album goes in a new direction, or this is kind of a confirmation of their core sound. Um, looking forward to live shows once the pandemic is over. Whatever, whatever the next thing you're doing, that's the note you should end on. Um, mm -hmm. And then from there, it's just kind of a matter of like EPK stuff, the track list, and all that. But for the bio itself, short, simple, and tell a story with it. Um, give yourself like a you don't want to just be the the hundred stone or doom band that hit my inbox this week you want to have some differentiation uh and that's a good place mm -hmm. cool what about you corinne what would would you is that basically the same thing you do or you got anything different so i can t i tend to go into a little bit more detail um with the ones that I write where we, if they, you know, if they have any kind of a band history, I don't talk about old members or past bands of the current members, but you know, a little bit of how they formed and how they developed their sound and things like that, which a lot of newer bands don't have that yet, but yeah. as they progress in their careers, I think that those kind of details are, are nice to add in. Um, but definitely not getting into the, I don't care who your previous drummer was. I don't care who your previous bass player was. I don't, I mean, unless your, you know, previous member was a member of Metallica, I don't care. <laughs> um, and then when it comes to past bands that the members have been in, again, unless it's a big band, it's like, why are you cluttering up your bio with this? I just think ordering it from most important to least important and ending on the, what we have to look forward to is extremely important too to yeah. you know give people a reason to keep checking on you so you're based you guys are very very similar in your approaches mm -hmm. but you just a tiny tiny little bit of a difference which is kind of neat actually so uh ian what do you charge for a bio regular price not your getting started price uh currently well i mean it's all kind of a getting started price right now i'm charging 40 um the plan is to raise up from there kind of gradually as i go um yeah and 40 at the moment, that also includes kind of EPK stuff, the, the track list and getting all the links, just like the, the random work that goes into making it look presentable. Um, Fair. Yeah. Fair. Mm -hmm. Okay. So 
All right. Next, we're going into a different question. So how do you kind of pick which bands you want to feature on the site? What's the thought process if there is a thought process? Hmm. Well, I mean, I guess my site's a little uh, odd in that there are there's multiple writers. So I don't have a whole lot of agency over what they write. They all have access to our promo list, but a lot of the oh. writers actually just go out and find stuff on their own. They get oh. their own promo emails, that kind of thing. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Um, so there's no there's no master plan in terms of like on Monday, we've got to do doom metal on Tuesday. We've got to do death metal, whatever. There's no uh, general process there. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I personally write about what I'm uh, most interested in at the moment. So if you go through the site archives, there's definitely periods where it's all one genre or all one bands from one city or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the best way for a band to kind of get my attention in terms of getting a, a feature is by being super active in my general uh, life related to the sites. So you mean like your socials? Yeah, being being a presence on socials or like maybe maybe I've seen them o- over the past couple of years. They always send me their new music and I'm kind of recognizing the name in the inbox, something like that. It's quite difficult for a band to just email me out of the blue and catch my attention and get a review written the next week um, without some Fair. type of prior interaction. Fair, but now just, just going into this for a second here. So how much of a difference does it make for you if the person has interacted on social media with you? Because I, I, I would imagine it makes a huge difference. Is that correct? Yeah, it's it's huge. And I'm not saying interaction like, oh, we're talking every day and we're best buds or anything. But even just noticing that you do have social media has been huge for me. Like if I see a name and I'm like, oh, I saw them on Instagram at some point in my existence. That's a that's already one of those single connections that you need in order to kind of push a sale forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Now, um, I, I don't know. I know. I know. OK, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring Corey into this for just a brief second here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know with Corey, like if a band kind of like is super nice to her on social media, I mean, she, she gets all like she wants to help them. Is that kind of like similar with you? Like it, like if they're very friendly with you, uh, they're constantly interacting with you, not being a nerd about things. And then you just kind of want to write the review or do you kind of wait for them to approach you? I guess is what I'm asking. A lot of times I just write reviews for uh, bands that I'm familiar with. Having done this for so many years, there's there's just people that I don't necessarily view as like someone in a band trying to get me to do something, if that makes yeah. sense. It's just yeah. like, mm-hmm. hey, this is someone I, I regularly interact with and I know they have this project, so I'm inevitably going to write about it. Um, yeah. I'd say, but yeah, I mean, like we're all human. If someone is a total jerk to me, I'm not going to be inclined to write about them, but if they're super nice and have been, then yeah, I'm, I'm more inclined to kind of do them in the favor. I actually have a funny story about this. I had a band reach out to me wanting a review on social media. So obviously I was already a little irritated Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I actually really dug their music. So I was willing to do it, even though they had irritated me. And then they started bashing another band, a well-known band that they were like, is doing such terrible drama or just terrible damage to the genre. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, not really. I mean, they have their purpose. Every band has has that, like, it's a gateway band. 
So yeah, they're not as heavy as some, but they're bringing new fans. And they told me my taste was shit. And I'm they, like, you literally just asked me for a review. Wait. And then you followed up by saying, well, that's you, your taste is kind of shit if you think that. I'm like, well, then I guess you're not getting a review. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Let me just wait. So you you were into the band. Mm-hmm. The band basically you were into doing doing some coverage. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then they turned around and told you your taste was shit. Because I would not bash. They're a pretty, they're a well-known band that is kind of, I guess, polarizing in the genre because they're more mainstream. And I'm like, no, they have their purpose. All these mainstream bands have their purpose. And well, yes. that it's, just means you have shit taste. I'm like, oh, wow. really? <laughs> wow. Oh, you, honey, had, you don't have, even know what you just did. <laughs> have you had something like that happen to you too, Ian? Is, is this like a common thing? I not not that blatant, but I've definitely oh, it was not. freaking blatant. It was bad, and I couldn't yeah. help but just laugh my ass off. <laughs> that's that's a new level. I, yeah. I have I, I have said just no or like totally ignored emails from bands that I've seen just like being jerks on social media in general. Either like putting putting down well known bands, like in this case, or just like I don't know, mm-hmm. saying dumb stuff and being really rude in general. Like it's 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 something I don't want to promote myself. So I'm just inherently not going to interact with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's like another thing that we've never really touched on when it comes to pitching. If you're one of those bands that's constantly bashing other bands, I will not cover you no matter how good your music is. Uh This is true. Why would you? I I won't. You could be the greatest band in the world, most innovative, the just most mind-blowingly amazing musicians but if you're dicks it's not going to happen i would agree with that um does that does that affect your opinion of a band too ian if they're dicks on social media i mean uh, to be honest i just have a hard time listening to music when i know something about the artist in Mm -hmm. general um so like if something comes out about a well-known artist i just have a hard time uh like personally enjoying it so if I get an email asking for a review from a band and I've seen them like put down someone else on Twitter or whatever, I know that going into it, that will, that will definitely color my opinion. Even, yeah, if, like what you're saying, it could be the most mind-blowing, innovative music in the world, but I'm always going to have that little, the little kind of intrusive thought there. Yeah. It just comes back to my, I have one rule in my life for people and it's just don't be a dick. It is the easiest rule to not break. It requires more energy to be a dick. So just, just don't be a dick. I'm going to say something controversial, potentially controversial, if you guys are ready for this. You guys ready for this? Oh, dear. Okay, th- this is this is going to be the most controversial. Going political. No, I'm not going, <laughs> no, I'm not going political. I'm not going political. Uh, non-political controversial. So, like with me, I think Motley Crue are a bunch of idiots. I think they are complete idiots. They got like oh, a wife beater in there. They got like a bunch of addicts in there. Like one of them, one of them like fucking killed somebody. But I love Motley Crue's music. I like Motley Crue's music. I can't. It doesn't color my opinion of the music at all. I mean, maybe I'm crazy with this, but like no, with Motley, it, Crue, like, you guys are criminal. It's just personal. It's personal preference, and you know, I mean. <laughs> You may not get as emotionally invested as, you know, like me and Ian do, because I, I get pretty emotionally invested in a lot of the bands that I listen to. I guess. Because they've built some sort of a community around their band. 
Like I'm in no way emotionally invested in Motley Crue, so I really I, don't care. I don't listen to Motley. Do you know what I'm saying, Ian? Like I don't know if you like Motley Crue, but I think they're idiots. They're they're complete. I would never want them near me ever. <laughs> I mean, I, I, like it, it, Motley Crue is a, a great example, actually, because I used to listen to a lot of classic rock and kind of like just the '80s hair metal scene in general. Like that's yeah. what I grew up on as a kid. That's what I listened to. As I get older and as I find out more about these guys, I just don't listen to it as much anymore. And I don't know if it's, I suspect there's a correlation there is what I'm saying, I guess. Mm -hmm. Maybe, I don't know. Like with the 80s guys, I mean, I just go into them knowing like, they're idiots. Like I know, I, I know, I know. You know, so I don't know, like with me, I... But at the same time, there's 80s guys that you can respect that I, like Ooh. I would rather listen to Alice Ooh. Cooper. Okay, Alice, okay, Alice Cooper. I was going to okay. say, you, you can respect the okay. shit out of Alice Cooper, yeah, Alice I would Cooper. rather listen to him all day long. I, yeah. I can't see other people other than Alice Cooper, but okay. D. Snyder? I'd throw a D. Snyder in there. Okay. Oh yeah, D. Snyder for sure. D. Snyder? So we got two out of like a hundred. There's two. <laughs> two out of a hundred. You know what? I will listen to freaking D. Snyder. I will listen to Twisted Sister and Alice Cooper all day long. <laughs> well, you know what? I also right there with you. And I also love Poison. Brett Michaels, I think, is nowadays. Uh, he seems to be a pretty good person. But I, back in the day, mm -hmm. just saying. I, I, I just got to defend Motley Crue. I don't know why, even though I hate them as individuals. <laughs> um, pro pro probably to justify the fact that I'm probably going to listen to uh, Too Fast for Love later tonight. But um, what, what was the next? What was the next question here? After my controversial statement. After oh. your controversial Motley Crue rant. Well, I brought up Motley Crue on this. Oh, on the old podcast so many times when someone brings this up i'm always like i'm guilty because i like motley crew i will just always say i love motley crew but i don't like the individuals um anybody want to continue on that am i, am I going to get crucified by both of you two later on socials no, no i was just thinking of more people that you can probably respect from the 80s we just oh. had one on our podcast ian blurt no 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 oh. michael sweet oh michael sweet yes and come on ian man Bart. Yeah, Michael Sweet. Michael Sweet. Michael Sweet. Okay. Okay. Depends. Depends if you're into smoking cigars. I mean, he got in trouble for that. But I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So going back going back on track here. So um, we were talking about how you pick which bands to feature on the site. I think we're pretty much covered on that one. So I want to kind of go over Sleeping Village Records as the uh -huh. next thing. So you've got how many releases now? Two or three? Three. Three currently. Um okay. Yeah, so basically it just kind of started out as a like compilation record of just 10 Doom bands. So that's that's what I did. And since then I've done a couple uh, two and four track splits. That's pretty much all that's in the works right now. I'm working on another Doom compilation, but realistically I'm really good at biting off way more than I can chew. And I just kind of balance- Nothing I'm unfamiliar with. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're all in this for a reason, right? Yeah. So like- I, I gravitate towards whatever I happen to be interested in at the moment. And right now I'm kind of focused more on the writing side of things, but we'll see. It's, it's 100% a hobby and a way to kind of get a little more exposure for bands that I think deserve a little bit of exposure, basically. Now, uh, to clarify, it, you weren't, did you do CDs too, or was it just digital? I don't remember. So, so far I've just got digital. I've got one cassette uh that's in the works um kind of like a little bit down the road and i'd like to do cds eventually for the doom comp that i did 
at this point, it's just, it's a hobby. I'm not willing yeah. to, and I'm not wanting to like invest a ton in it at this point. Yeah. So much as just kind of like let whatever happens, happens. happens. Yeah. I, I, I understand that. Um, so you're not currently signing bands then, I guess, I guess is my next question. Not currently. I will be in probably a month or so um, for Doom bands. The next, next Doom uh, compilation, the first I did was like really swampy kind of stoner Doom. The second one is sci-fi themed Doom. So all of it's going to be kind of cosmic and spacey and all nice. that. And then after that, I've got plans for a sword and sorcery Doom um, nice. comp. So if you're a band that fits uh, the kind of space or sword and sorcery description, feel free to reach out. And I've got a master list and I'll inevitably get back to you way later than you thought I would. Um, yes. That's that's pretty much that. Cool. Um, do you have any more questions on the rec records aspect, Corey, before I go on to the next one? Oh, no, go for it. Cool. Um, We're well, starting we to run low on time, so. we Yeah, we are. Yeah. I know. I realized that right after I said that. So really mm -hmm. quickly, I think we already went over Sleeping Village writing, so I'm going to ask you super, super quick. Uh -huh. uh, what is the best way to get Ian's attention on social media if if they if the person is in a band without annoying him and to possibly get future coverage what would be the one thing the band could do if you have two years of lead time just get to know me comment on my stuff interact in conversations i'm interacting in. if you don't have two years of lead time uh the most effective strategy is to shoot me an email and then send me a message on twitter i will see it quickest that way um but i wholeheartedly recommend building some kind of relationship first because uh otherwise you're just one one single person in the constant rotation of emails that i get yeah no i agree with that uh corinne do you have any final part uh questions for uh, ian before we wrap up no i am good on my end i think we've given people a lot to digest as we always do <laughs> yep okay well thank you ian for coming on yeah. we will have you back on at some point in the future um oh, I'll yeah, hit definitely. You probably ha have you back on in a couple months uh but i really appreciate what you do and then also follow ian on social media your handle is at sleeping village reviews right uh twitter is village reviews instagram That's is sleeping village reviews um yeah facebook is sleeping village reviews and the site is sleeping village reviews mm -hmm. cool Go check it out. He's got, he does really, really, really great reviews. He's got, he always does good premieres. He's one of the best in the business for actually taking the time to actually do a thoughtful and detailed uh, write up about a band. A lot of sites don't do that. They'll just copy and press, uh, copy and paste the press release. Mm -hmm. So t go take a look at his site. Go take a look at his Instagram and party on Corey. Party on Curtis, party on Eden. All right. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.